Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this week's episode of Damsels in the DMs. You've got to set yourself up for the day that you want to have. If you wake up and roll out of bed and immediately log on to work, it's going to be so hard for you to feel whole and happy and centered if you wake up and immediately bombard yourself with everyone else's priorities. And so I know for some people, it may not be popular. You don't have to be like a 5 a.m. girly. I am. And I know a lot of people on social media depict that. That's great if it works for you. And that's fine if it doesn't. But even if you take like 15 to 30 minutes to do something just for you and get your mind right at the beginning of the day, I think that that signals energetically that you are a priority to yourself and that your mindfulness and your well being is a priority to yourself. So I think doing some wellness rituals in the morning is just, it's something that I think everybody benefits from and it's tried and true. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. There's some damsels in the DM. Yes, queen. <laughs> Tell us what's the vibe. Uh-huh. What's the there's some damsels in the DM. Yeah. Please tell us what's the vibe. DMs, DMs, yeah we see them, yeah we read them. DMs, DMs, we don't need them, we just leave them. Please, yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. I'm Lauren. And I'm Osh, and I have lost my voice completely. (laughs) We are freshly back from spring break, and this episode is quite the kick because here we are um, talking about wellness while all Osh and I have been doing for the last week is drinking champagne, skiing down a mountain, and um, just being really goofy, honestly. We're in shambles. (laughs) Yeah. We have, I've officially broken my body and I don't think I can, I just don't know how tomorrow is going to go in the next day and the day after that. But you know what I will say was that like, although it was an interesting trip um, in terms of being kind to our bodies, um, it was like a good mental break. Like it was really fun to just be like young and goofy and a kid. So those of you who don't know, Lauren and I went to Aspen and we had the time of our lives um, skiing, having, making new memories and for me meeting new friends. And it honestly was the best four days that I've had in a while. And I texted my other friend um, from the airport in Aspen being like, I had that, like, that was the most fun I've had ever in my whole life. (laughs) Gotta say, Ash, like you were very bold for like coming on a trip where like you knew people, but like not super well, but you really just like came in and became everybody's best friend. You know, it's what I do. Yeah. It's just, I feel like when I'm in an environment where I don't know anyone, it obviously is like super intimidating. But for me to make it better for myself, I try to make those people be my besties. And I got to say that I think it's like a good thing for anybody who's listening, who's like trying to make friends or like just moved into a new city that like it is difficult to put yourself in those situations, but you can come out of it having like a really great time and meeting new people. Yeah, definitely. Because honestly, that is a huge fear of mine is to go into places like even networking events and all of that. Like I just get super anxious. I have social anxiety. But when I am, I'm, I'm so happy that I said yes to this trip eventually because it was a lot of back and forth. But when I am, you know, I've made my commitment. The best thing that I can do for myself is to just be extroverted, open and like just open to new experiences and new people. Because if I let my social anxiety take over, no one would have had a good time. Like, yeah. no one wants a shy girly. Okay, so Ash, before we went on the trip, was like, I think that I'm just going to, like, really relax this trip and, like, read a book and, like, just chill. <laughs> and spoiler alert, that is not what Ash did <laughs> at all. That is I didn't even open my book. <laughs> not on the plane, not on the pr- plane ride to Aspen, not on the plane ride back, not in between. My book was not opened. But um, in this episode, we're going to we're going to feel really bad about ourselves talking <laughs> about the routines that we did not just keep up with for the last week. Um, we had a great time, but this episode is going to educate us 
all on all of the things that we should be doing to be our best selves. So today we are talking to Les, who is the founder of Balanced Black Girl, which is a blog, it's a social media platform, and also a podcast now. I'm really excited to hear about what Les says because she is you know, a wellness girly and she has all these tips and she's so educated in this subject that it just is so, I listen to so many people on their podcasts telling you what to do, but they don't tell you about the science behind it or the why they just tell you what. So I think this is just going to be a great podcast for all of us here. I agree because it's so helpful because some influencers, you follow them because like you love their personality. You think they look great. Like you like their lifestyle, but like you're kind of just blindly following them and being like, hey, do you actually know anything about what you're talking about? I've definitely done that like with buying skincare products and then like broke out in hives afterwards. Like it's so much better when you know that the person who you're following and can trust is actually really doing their research. Agreed. Well, speaking of the wellness that Osh and I need to implement into our lives this week, let's get into talking with Les of Balanced Black Girl. Let's do it. All right. Well, hello, Les. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. We were just having a little bit of bonding a second ago um, because Les talks about wellness a lot on her platform and Osh can never stop talking about wellness. So I think that we're (laughs) going to have a fun conversation today. This is so we've re- rescheduled this uh call twice, I think, but it's because I couldn't make it both times. And I was like, I have to be the one to be there. Like, I can't have our <laughs> other host, Alejandra, on there. I have to be on this call. So thank you for being so patient with us. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're here. I'm excited to chat. Yeah. So Les, can you tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, what you do, where you're located, um, and how you started the Balanced Black Girl? Yeah. So I am based in LA and I love it here, but I'm actually from Seattle. I was born, raised in Seattle, spent all of my twenties in Seattle and then moved to LA right after I turned 30. And I got started with Balanced Black Girl, honestly, as part of my own wellness journey. I became really interested in wellness when I was in college. And back then it wasn't like it was now where it was like, there's all of this content and there's all of these resources. Like nobody talked about wellness. Wellness was not cool. Like I remember being in college, making like smoothies before my 8am class, which I feel like now people probably do all the time. But at the time my roommates were like, please go away. (laughs) And so there just weren't really as many resources and there wasn't as much information out there about it. The closest thing that we had were blogs, like healthy living blogs. And I became so obsessed with these blogs. And I used to spend hours on this website called stumble upon. Now I'm like really dating myself, but Mm -hmm. it was basically this website, almost kind of like a Pinterest, but instead of like pins, it would take you to websites based on interests you had. So I would go on like wellness stumble upon, and it would just take you to like any random web page that was related to wellness. And that's where I would find all of these blogs. And after enough years of being obsessed with blogs, I was like, why don't I start a blog? I know just as much as these people, I can do this. I can start writing. So I started my first blog. It's called the balance Berry in 2014, talking about fitness and talking about balance, because I had also had an experience where I aired a little, a little too far and, uh, didn't have the best relationship with food and exercise. I've kind of over did it a little, and I was trying to figure out how I can have a more balanced relationship with it. So I started blogging about that in 2014. And then in 2018 was when I decided to rebrand and focus on balanced black girl. And was there something that like sparked your interest in wellness? Like, were you always this way as a kid? Or what do you think like really moved the needle that you started looking out for all of these resources and then realizing that you could just create your own resource? Definitely was not always that way. Uh, I was pretty active in terms of playing sports, but actual like health was not something that was really on my radar. When I was in college, I had my first corporate internship and it was (laughs) miserable. It was a (laughs) miserable experience and I hated it. And I was like, oh my goodness, corporate America is not for me. If this is what my life is like, I'm in for a long ride. (laughs) And honestly, I was just falling asleep at my desk at work every day. And I was looking for some ways to get energy. I'm like, okay, if working out will help me stay awake, I'll do it. Water, which I'm pretty sure I like did not drink as a 20 year old. I'm like, I'll drink the water. I'll eat some vegetables. Like I'll do whatever I need to do to not be so exhausted all the time. So really I was just looking for energy. 
And once I started taking better care of myself, I started noticing other changes. Like not only did I physically feel better, but I started mentally feeling better and I became more confident. I started speaking up for myself more and I started like believing in myself in ways that I never had before. And at that point, it was just like a lifestyle that, you know, I'll keep with me forever. I love going back to um, what you said about in college when you were making smoothies and it was just not cool to be, you know, wellness oriented. Yeah. I joined the rowing team so that I could have an excuse to be wellness forward because my <laughs> friends, we were degenerates like all the time and like having so much fun. I had to change, I had to like transfer schools because I was on academic probation, but I joined that. That's how like party centered that part of my life was. So I joined the rowing team just so that I could have an excuse to be like, no, I'm putting my health first because I also, I went to college in Wisconsin. Like nobody, yeah. you know, they're not very health forward over there. Not, <laughs> not at the time. I don't know what they're like now. <laughs> That's true. I mean, sometimes making changes to your environment are like what you need to really jumpstart your habits a bit. That's real. Yeah. How did you shift your platform from being a blog into having a podcast and what it is today? Like, do you have, cause I know that blogging was popular a few years ago and then it started more with like people following Instagram accounts. So mm -hmm. how do you roll with the punches? Yeah. I did it very abruptly, <laughs> which looking back on it, I'm like, that's probably not what you should do. There was not really any rhyme or reason or strategy. I had actually taken a break from blogging. And at the time when I was blogging, I had a lot of other things that I was doing as well. I was a personal trainer and I was running online fitness programs. And I had all of these clients that I was training virtually. And I decided to just walk away from all of it. I just needed a break. I got very burned out of fitness. I got very burned out of the content that I was creating. I felt like I wanted to do something else, but I didn't know what that thing was. And so I decided to just stop and kind of let the idea come to me. So when I had taken a break from that, I was getting messages from my followers and they were like, Hey, Les, I know you're taking a break right now, but when you don't post, I don't see other black girls posting about wellness in my feed. You're the only person who looks like me who I see talking about wellness. So like, I'll be excited when you come back. And so I was like, okay, maybe instead of me being like the gatekeeper of all wellness things, I can introduce my audience to other black women doing wellnessy things. And then they can all connect. And that takes some of the pressure off of me is honestly yeah. what I was thinking. Um, and so I got the idea to start the podcast. I actually went from like idea to launch in 10 days, which is like a wow. story and podcast episode in itself. I was very inspired by like Beyonce's self-titled drop when she just came out with an album out of nowhere. I kind of came out with a podcast out of nowhere. And so I just honestly hard, hard launch, hardest launch of my life and just <laughs> jumped straight in. And having a podcast is so hard. Like there's so many technical things. I mean, you have to find an editor who's doing your social media. How did you even like make that happen in such a short time frame? Yeah, I didn't really sleep for that 10 days. So this is not wellness advice. I truly <laughs> stayed awake for like 10 straight days building out the whole idea. Wow. So on your Instagram, you talk a lot about balancing your side hustle and your nine to five. How... Does that, what does that look like? How does that work? Please walk us through that because we are also, you know, I mean, we don't have nine to fives, but I feel like it's really hard for me to balance my life. Mm -hmm. I, if I added a nine to five to my life, I don't know how it would work. <laughs> I will be fully transparent with you. It's kind of not working, but I make it work because it has to work, which yeah. like, I know I'm sure people listening wish that I had some secret or some idea or be like, this is the app or this is the planner or this is the thing you do. But I think it's, you know, my job is what I have to do. And my podcast is what I want to do. And I'm unwilling to give up something that I really want for something that I feel like I have to do. And so I just make it work, but it's often not pretty. And I do sometimes really struggle with keeping it all together. Have there been points, like you mentioned that you had to take a break and step away from everything. Like when you decided to start your podcast, was there a moment where you were like, okay, should I just focus on my nine to five? Or did you know that you were always going to come back to what you were passionate about with your platform? 
I've always wanted to come back to what I was passionate about because I just, despite someone being someone who's always had a nine to five, I'm just not like a corporate girly at heart. Like those people who like their job is their identity and they want to climb the ladder. I'm like, yo, I'm here to pay my bills. I am here to have health insurance. I will do the job and I will do a good job, but it's not my identity. It's not my purpose. Like I do the things and then I do the things that I like. (laughs) At the very beginning of my career, straight out of college, I had a nine to five and I didn't have anything else going on that I loved or was excited about. And that was like the hardest time of my life of like going to do a job I didn't like and then just going home and sitting and thinking about going back to that job that I didn't like the next day was so hard. And so having other things that kind of stimulate me in intellectually or creatively, um, is really important. So I'd rather be overwhelmed than to have all of this spaciousness doing things that I don't like. Are you transparent about this with the people in your nine to five? Like, what do they think about your platform? A lot of them are actually really supportive. Um, I don't talk about it a ton, but it, you know, it's not a secret. Like they know, and you know, they'll congratulate me if, if I reach certain milestones, um, like sometimes I'll post it on LinkedIn and so they'll be excited and congratulate me, but most of the time I'm pretty low key about it. That's awesome. Yeah. And how has the podcast been going so far? Like, have you been able to like get other accounts going from it because you already had your platform built and start moving people over towards other different platforms as well? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that's been so beautiful is how much the podcast has been able to spotlight other people. So I will often get messages from guests being like, oh my gosh, Les, I just signed so many amazing clients who are listeners of your podcast or so many people from your podcast are now following me and they're so supportive and they're so kind and now they're supporting the work that I do. And so when I hear from my previous guests that they're getting that kind of love and support from the community that I built, it's just it's the best because that's exactly what my intention was when I started. So what are some of the negative effects now that we've gone through all of this positivity, because we all know (laughs) that uh, social media cannot always be the friendliest place. So how do you like keep it such a positive space for both yourself and for your followers in creating this balance that you strive for yourself to have, but also for everyone that's listening to your platform? Yeah. I mean, I think knowing when to take a break, like if I'm really in my feelings or in a bad mood, I just feel like if you're in a bad mood, like social media is not the place to be like, don't even go. Cause it's not going to make you feel better. It's Mm -hmm. not whether there's like something crazy happening in your DMS, or you want to compare yourself to other people, or if you're already down and feeling away, that's when I know I'm going to take a step back. And maybe this evening or this afternoon, I'm just not going to be on social and that's okay. I can model not being online and accessible all day for my community, but I'm also really grateful that for the most part, I get a lot of really helpful, like positive support. And I haven't had many experiences of just like pure negativity, sometimes on TikTok, because TikTok is just like a wild, anything goes on TikTok, but on Instagram, thankfully people have been pretty nice and, and supportive. So that helps that I haven't really experienced, um, too much craziness there. Yeah. What is your, this is really random, but what is your favorite wellness trend that is actually good for you? Like, what what Mm. do you like, what do you love talking about the most? I would say intentional mornings, like a good solid morning routine. It's just, you've got to set yourself up for the day that you want to have. If you wake up and roll out of bed and immediately log on to work it's going to be so hard for you to feel whole and happy and centered if you wake up and immediately bombard yourself with everyone else's priorities. And so I know for some people, it may not be popular. You don't have to be like a a. 5am girly. I am. And I know a lot of people on social media depict that. That's great if it works for you and that's fine if it doesn't. But even if you take like 15 to 30 minutes to do something just for you and get your mind right at the beginning of the day, I think that that signals energetically that you are a priority to yourself and that your mindfulness and your well-being is a priority to yourself. So I think doing some wellness rituals in the morning is just, it's something that I think everybody benefits from and it's tried and true. I've tried the 5am mornings. Like I've tried to be a a 5am morning girly and I want to know how you've able to, have you been able to sustain waking up at 5am every day? Because for me, I can do it for a couple of weeks or a couple of days. 
And then I just, I stop. And I want to know what that, how to keep going. Well, first off, I think it doesn't have to be every single day. I think if you do that, maybe like 70% of the time, 70 to 80% of the time, that's really great. I think if you have three weeks of being on and then one week where you're resting a little bit more, especially for those of us with menstrual cycles, that's often what our bodies want to do anyway. So it could be interesting if you're looking at um, the timing of when you feel like a little bit more ready to get up and at it and the timing of when you feel like you want to sleep a little bit more and get more rest. I'd be curious if that, like how that coincides with your menstrual cycle. So that could be something that you want to look into. Um, but I think if it's something that you do most of the time, not all of the time, you're still going to benefit from it. And a successful morning routine truly starts at night. And so it is really looking at, are we getting enough rest? Do we need to go to bed earlier? Or are we allowing ourselves time to relax at night? Which is something that honestly, I still work on because I love a good TikTok, mm-hmm. TikTok bender at night. And every time I do that, I sleep horribly. And I have to be so intentional about grabbing my Kindle instead of my phone before bed, because it makes all the difference in how I feel the next morning. Um, the other thing, and this is like, a very weird pro tip that I don't hear people talk about, but I swear it works for me. If my room or if my space is messy, I don't want to wake up early in the morning. And if my room is clean, I am so much more likely to get up and get the day going. And I think it's because like our mental and just the energetics of clutter and stuff, it just makes me want to like stay in bed and not deal with it versus if I wake up and I see a clean space, I'm like, okay, I can get up. I can do this. So those are my two biggest things of like, a good night routine, making sure we're getting enough rest to begin with. And then a nice clean and clear space makes all the difference in getting up in the morning. How many hours of sleep do you get? And do you think it's important? I've, I listen to so many podcasts about wellness and obviously there's so much information and it's basically like what, what works for you works for you. But for you, do you think getting seven to eight hours of sleep is absolutely necessary? Or do you think you could, you're fine doing like less? I mean, I think it's going to depend on your body and how you feel in your body. I feel like for me, seven hours is like a good sweet spot. Eight plus is great. But like realistically with my schedule, I just don't necessarily have like eight full hours to be asleep. And so I shoot for eight and usually get seven. And that works for me. I find if I personally get less than seven, then I'm struggling a little bit. But sleep really is so important. It is so foundational to our wellness. That is when our brain recharges and does the important work that it needs to do. That's when our hormones are kind of rebalancing and keeping our body in check. And so I think sleep is something that is really important to prioritize and to get as much of it as possible is great. I also think tracking sleep can be great. Like I'm a big fan of the aura ring. I've had one for a while and I love it. Yes. And so seeing what your personal insights say about like how rested are you when you get certain amounts of sleep and what is your quality of sleep like is really important too. Last one. And then Lauren, you can shoot off with all the questions (laughs) that you have. (laughs) Do you nap? I'm not a big napper. No, I I will if I'm really tired, but if I get a solid night's sleep, I usually am doing pretty good. So you're good from 5 a.m. till bedtime. Yeah, usually. And are you a coffee drinker? I do like coffee. I will say I can at times be an anxious girly. So if my anxiety is like really tagging along, then I will dial back on the coffee because I, it makes me feel a little bit worse. But if I'm, if I'm kind of cool and collected, then yeah, I do love, love some coffee when I can tolerate it. Okay. So my burning question that I've been trying to ask, (laughs) (laughs) so I'm in grad school right now. And for me, like I often have trouble. I love a morning routine and I recently moved to New York and my life in LA was very much like wellness focused. I had my routines going, but since being in school, it's a lot harder to get into. So my question for you is like, if you're choosing between sleep and a morning routine, and you know that you can only have one of them, like, which is the choice? Cause I know 
I've heard a lot of different thoughts on either of these, like, you know, routine is great, but sleep is the most important because sometimes I feel like if I have work that I know is going to keep me up until like the odd hours of the night, then am I better off like sacrificing the whole routine, the morning exercise to just, you know, get the eight hours or the seven hours? That's a really good question. I mean, I think it depends on what you need most. I mean, I think the physiological answer would be like sleep Mm -hmm. is most important, but I do think sometimes for that mental component, like if having that morning routine is really important for keeping you calm and keeping the anxiety at bay, then maybe waking up like 30 minutes earlier is going to be worth it. And it's probably not going to be like a huge amount of sleep Mm -hmm. debt. Um, so yeah, I hate to say it depends, but I do think it, it kind of depends on what you feel you need. Yeah. I've gotten it to the point where I do meditation and journaling on the subway uh, because that's just great. Honestly, that's a great place to do it. Do it when you need it. (laughs) I was going to ask you, do you have any tips for other anxious girlies? Because Ash and I both find ourselves in that category. Um, So any wellness tips you have for that would be super helpful. Oh yeah. I mean, movement is a big one. Um, I find that just being able to move my body, whether that's through a workout or just a walk, like it helps me kind of move some of the anxious energy out which is really helpful. Cutting back on caffeine, which I know is like painful, but if you are feeling anxious, like I promise caffeine is not going to help. (laughs) It's not going to help. Um, But I also think it's, it's worth exploring, you know, are there specific things that are making you anxious? Do you feel overwhelmed by everything that's on your plate in grad school or by everything that's happening on the podcast? Like what specifically is causing that anxiety for you and maybe going through and either figuring out, okay, how can I map out how to get this done? How can I map out what to push off later? How can I map out what to delegate? Or can I just map out like the worst case scenario? Because often if we write down what it is we feel anxious about and what the worst case scenario is, it's not that bad. And we can start problem solving instead of feeling like our wheels are kind of stuck in the mud. Cause that's what anxiety feels like. Like you're revving your wheels and you're just getting nowhere. When I go into kind of problem solving mode, I find that that really helps me move through anxious feelings. I love that. How did you learn so much about the wellness space and like handling anxiety while balancing your career? Because I know that you talked about that when you were going through blogs, you felt like you were one of the few black girls talking about this. So like one, how did it feel when everything happened with the pandemic and the movement of 2020? Like how, how did you, I guess, like make your platform stand out and what about it made you such an influential piece of that? That's a great question. Um, So I would say to the first part, I just love learning and love being a student. And so I'm constantly wanting to learn new information, whether that be about wellness or personal development, whatever it is. So I love learning from other people. I love reading. And so I'm just always like soaking up information. My dad is also pretty into wellness and a lot of this stuff that is like what the it girlies on TikTok are doing now he's been into in the eighties. And so even though I wasn't super into wellness, when I was younger, I was definitely exposed to a lot of it from him where he would listen to like meditation and breath work on tape way back in the day, (laughs) long before there were like apps to do so. And all the supplements that like all the girlies are taking now Mm -hmm. he's had a cabinet full of for forever. So I also think like that natural kind of curiosity is might be kind of genetic because he was very interested in that. And so as I got older, I started seeing the value in it. Um, And in terms of helping my platform stand out, I mean, I think for me, it's just consistency. I'm really consistent. I show up every Tuesday like my audience knows that they're going to get something from Balanced Black Girl. And I think that that consistency has been what's most helpful. And I really try to have a good intersection of like entertaining and approachable, but also like well-researched sound information. Mm. Um, So it's not like me just coming on to talk about stuff. It's I'm, I'm sharing an experience. I am backing it up with research and data. And then I'm also giving the listener three actionable ways they can apply it to their lives. So I'm trying to give as much information as I can to help other people improve their lives. And I think my audience sees the value in that. And then they share it with their friends. And I think that that has been really helpful. 
because there's so much information out there, so much information that it's so overwhelming. How do you do your research to kind of pick what, what works for you? Because the information that you're giving out, obviously there's like contradicting information and then there's like supporting information. So how do you choose what's like the best to give out? Yeah. I mean, honestly, oftentimes it's something that I have recently been through and have just come on the other side of, and then I'm wanting to share that finding with other people. So a lot of it is kind of intuitive what I either want to learn about, especially when I interview people, I, I tend to interview people who I want to learn from, or if I'm doing like a solo, it's an exploration of kind of that student mentality of sharing what I've learned with my friends is kind of how it feels. So a lot of it is very intuitive. And how did it feel to be acknowledged by people like Michelle Obama and Gabrielle Union, which really it's Kavia James, who I think is like the true icon in all of this. Oh my God, I love Kavia. I like throughout the pandemic, I would spend hours on her page because it's so funny and she's the most adorable. She's so, like I mean, the most expressive child and it's hilarious. The most exp- like shady baby, all of those memes of the videos, I was dying. <laughs> Her little personality. Um, no, I mean, it's so exciting. I think the, the Michelle Obama thing was like so surreal. I think the anniversary of that is this week. I want to say it was like wow. March 23rd or 25th of 2019 that I had that Balanced Black Girl Book Club meeting with her. It was sometime, I want to say either the, it was sometime between the 23rd and like the 25th. So the week that we're recording this, it's like the anniversary Do you mind of that. walking our listeners back through just to give them a little bit backstory about how that came about in the book club and everything? Yes. So book club is like a part of the balanced black girl ecosystem. It is now like a virtual offering we have in our Geneva community. Every month we pick a book and we read it together and chat about it. But back when I first started balanced black girl, I did a book club in Seattle where I was still living. And so I I wanted to read Becoming, which was Michelle Obama's first book. This was like right after it came out, I think in like late 2018, early 2019. And I posted on Instagram, like, Hey y'all, I'm reading this book. If you want to read it along with me, let's read it this month. If you're in Seattle, like let's do a book club. And so I ended up getting sponsored by a local brewery and we had a book club meeting there and it had, you know, cider and it was like really, really cute. And then a week after that, my coworker called me and my coworker at my job at that time had previously worked for, um, I think president Obama's like 2012 campaign. And she called me and she was like, Hey, I know you just did that book club reading becoming Michelle Obama's coming to town and her team likes setting her up with book clubs. Does your book club want to meet her? And I'm like, heck yeah. Don't, why are you asking me? Just tell me where to be and when. Um, and so we ended up getting to have another book club meeting with her when she came to town for her book tour, um, which was also wild. Cause we had to like sign all these NDAs and we couldn't tell anybody. And it was like this big secret and it was like the best secret, um, which basically ended up being like two hours of me and the other ladies from the book club. And then I also invited my mom. Um, cause of course, like if you're going to be Michelle Obama, you got to bring your mom. Um, and we basically just had like a two hour, like hangout session with Michelle Obama. And she was so cool. I'm obsessed with that. That is really cool. How that all unfolded. Okay. So I think it's time to guess the burning question that I know all of the listeners have been dying to hear. And what is this famous morning routine? Yeah. But like, can you also be very detailed about it? And be by being detailed. very detailed, we mean start like with the night routine. Oh, yes. that's great. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. No, this is great because last night I was very on it. And this morning I was very on it. So it's like very fresh on my mind. So I would say at about 7 PM, that time, that hour is going to dictate how everything else is going to go. So I definitely do not go to bed at 7 PM, but if I'm like deep on TikTok and like, haven't made dinner yet. And I'm just laying on the couch in the clothes I wore that day by like seven, seven thirty PM. 
we're asking for trouble. So by seven, what I try to do is have dinner done already. That's actually when I try to start getting ready for bed and I will take a nice shower. I like showering with just a salt lamp on and like some slow jams and some music so that it's a little bit more relaxing and just being in my pajamas while I hang out for the rest of the night because I feel like that makes going to bed so much easier versus waiting until like nine or 10 when I'm tired and then thinking I'm gonna do a whole night routine because it's not gonna happen. So ideally I will have been like showered and skincare routine and like wind down by eight and then I can hang out until it's time for me to go to bed. Maybe I'll spend a little bit of time on social media, but by around 8.30, that's when I move to like my bedroom and try to just read in bed until it's time for me to fall asleep. And so usually if I do that, if I'm like in bed reading by 8.30, I'll usually fall asleep by around 9.30, which is ideal for me. My usual wake up time is five. Actually this morning I woke up before my alarm. No, don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. Um, I woke up and it was like 4.52 and I was like, okay, I guess I'm up. Um, and I usually get up immediately, put my workout clothes on and then it's time for the oral health routine. So I do the teeth brushing. I do the tongue scrape. I do the oil pull. Um, I heat up some warm lemon water. I sit down, I do a meditation and then I go to the gym, which is usually pretty easy because the very first thing I do is I put my workout clothes on. So I'll either go to the gym or go to a workout class. Sometimes I'll do like solid core or something in the morning. By the time I get home from the gym, it's usually around six or 6.15. I will get ready for work that day. I will tidy up my apartment if it, you know, maybe I ran the dishwasher and need to put those away or have like workout clothes thrown everywhere. So I'll tidy that up. And then by around seven, that's usually when I sit down for breakfast and I start doing my work for Balanced Black Girl. If I'm really on it, I can do it even earlier, like 6.30, depending on how on it I am. If I'm like really moving quick. Um, today it was a little bit closer to seven. So I will have my breakfast, usually either like a smoothie or lately I've been really into savory breakfast. So I will meal prep like a breakfast sandwich and then I'll reheat it and eat it. I just need things that are very low maintenance and easy eat some breakfast and then I'll work on balanced black girl stuff. So, um, that could look like scripting a podcast episode or going through a recording to get notes to my editor, um, working on some social media content or working through some brand deals, going through emails. And I usually like to do that from around six 30 or seven until I start the work day at nine. Um, and so that is my usual morning routine. Wow. That that's absolutely so incredible. Yeah. I'm going to be here recreating it. You'll I get it. I was hypnotized <laughs> while you were speaking. I think yeah. I was, like completely hypnotized. So are you not looking at your phone like until after you work out? Yeah, that's usually the case. I'll look at my phone to do a meditation and then I will use my phone to like follow my workout app. I usually use the Alive app by Whitney Simmons if I'm going to the gym for like my strength training routines. But outside of that, like I won't go on social media or anything until after. Wow. That's incredible. But you know, when we were first talking, I was like, oh, she must be 22. And then you said like, when I turned 30 and I was like, wow, it all makes sense about <laughs> skincare routine. <laughs> I'm very big on skincare, very big on skincare. I also have my 10 step skincare routine for the not for the morning, but for the evening. And it's, that's the one thing, my dental hygiene and my skincare routine has been the one thing that I just will not give up. The oil pulling, I've tried, I've given up. Um, <laughs> the tongue scraping still, I do that. But the oil pulling, I tried it. 2020, I went through like a whole two weeks of just doing everything wellness, like trying everything. And I tried the oil pulling, but I just, I don't know, for some reason, it's the same thing with 5 a.m. things. It just, I think it takes me too long. So I just don't do it. That's fair. That's fair. It is. I mean, it's kind of a lot to stick to, Yeah. but I want, I'm getting back into it. I'm going to try it again. Like these things, it's like, I try them and then they don't work. So I stop But I want to have like a concrete, you know, morning routine that I'll just stick to. Yeah. Do you notice if there's a part of your routine or your whole wellness journey that like really gets your listeners excited? Like what do people you think like come to your platform for the most? 
I think people just love to see routines in general. And I don't even think people care what it is. They just like seeing what others are up to and they like seeing it consistently. So sometimes on my Instagram stories, I'll post kind of either what my to-do list for the day is or what I'm up to in that day, just kind of walking them through a normal day and people love it. I think it's like that kind of almost voyeuristic quality that we all have where it's like, I want to know what someone else is up to. And we don't even care what it is. We just want to (laughs) know. It's kind of scary, but definitely a little bit. That's why it's like, we have control over what we share. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like me obsessing over everyone's morning routines. Right. And I, and I would also say my planner, I have a, a planner that's by, um, this, young woman who's very impressive. Her name is Sophia Lee. She's like a blogger. She also has like an interior design company and she's like 23 years old, something wild, but she created this like really amazing planner and I like her YouTube channel. So I ordered the planner. Anytime I post a shot of my planner, people go absolutely feral. I honestly, I had to stop posting it because the planners are sold out and I get so many questions about it that I just had to stop. because I'm like, I don't want to disappoint people because they're not able to get this. Like, wow, rare planner. planner. <laughs> Sophia Lee, okay. Well, I think that gives us a great time to get into our DM questions. Um, mm. We now might know that it's something related to this planner, but <laughs> what is the wildest, funniest, most intriguing, or inspirational DM that you've ever received? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I would say the like bot sugar daddy com dms are always like the wildest but like everybody gets those gosh that's a good question because i feel like my dms are so boring it's so boring it's always like what are you drinking what did you put in your hair tell me about that planner that i can't even i don't even have any that are sticking out at me that are like super interesting or even somebody like saying how you've touched them, you know, like an inspirational one. Yes. yes. Some of those are, are really nice. I, on the podcast, I had done this series on personal finance last year. And I had someone message me basically saying like, because of this advice, I was able to start saving and I started a college fund for my daughter. And I'm like, wow, wow. that is going to make a really big difference in like this person's family generationally. If now they're child daughter has a college fund and won't have to take out like loans like the rest of us and it's already set up so stuff like that is great I've also had people dm me and say like I haven't been to the doctor in years and I was inspired to go because of your podcast or people say I never wore sunscreen until I started listening to your podcast or I hadn't gone to the dentist in years until I started listening to your podcast like knowing that people are doing things that are going to be just overall better for their health and really big life-changing ways are always the best to get. Oh, that's such a beautiful answer. I'm also obsessed with going to the doctor. My boyfriend makes fun of me because I have like a week out of every summer where I go see every doctor imaginable, you know? And I just like pray for compliments from the the doctors. (laughs) When I don't get compliments about my health, I'm like so disappointed and it puts me in a anxious state for the next week. <laughs> I can relate to that. I've definitely felt that. Uh, my dad, so how you were saying about your dad um, being into wellness way mm-hmm. back, you know, started way back. My dad is the same way and seeing him every morning make juices and smoothies and give us this and give us that, like all these, su- well, not supplements, but like holistic supplements. That has been like drilled into my head. And now every time I go home, he makes me, I'm not, I have no choice. Like I have no, I have no say in this, but he makes me go to the doctor and do a full blood lab report. And then we like take like 30 minutes and we're like, Ooh, look at this. Look at that. Look at that. Oh, good job. <laughs> yep. That's important. You can some of those supplements too, because I mm-hmm. was taking vitamin D for a while during the pandemic when everyone was like, oh, you know, you can't take two, you have to take vitamin D because you're not going outside anymore. You're not seeing the sun. And then I had like way too high vitamin D levels. Interesting. Yeah. It's really important to not like blindly take supplements and to get your blood work done and to understand what it is that you really need. Or there are some things like vitamin, uh, vitamin D where it's like, if you're taking vitamin D3, you have to be taking vitamin K2 with it because vitamin K2 is what helps your body absorb it. It's what delivers the vitamin D to your bones, which is where we need it to keep our bones strong versus if it doesn't have K2, then it can actually build up in our arteries as plaque. And then that's not great for your heart. So there's so many things with supplements that you have to be really careful of. 
Ancient Grains, I think that's the name of the company, or Ancient Something, I'll, I'll figure it out. They have a great vitamin D3 with K2, and that's mm -hmm. what I take, because someone told me this exact same thing. <laughs> yep, yep. Do you take Athletic Greens, or do you have an opinion on Athletic Greens? I do take Athletic Greens. I actually Ooh. really like it. I know greens powder is a controversial for some people. I don't think it's like a magical cure-all by any means, but I like it just for increased energy and better digestion. And honestly, those two things are reason enough for me. Okay, great. Because I've been taking it, but I know people are like, but it hasn't been tested. And I'm like, oh no, now do I need to take the K2? <laughs> I'm so <laughs> Okay, well, uh, should we ask what the DM of the week? We should. So people are asking, when did you blow up and what did that feel like? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, I don't, I don't think that I have ever like blown up. I think that my growth has been very slow and steady, but there have definitely been like moments that I experienced a little bit more growth or just a little more attention than I was used to. I would say Michelle Obama, that was a big one because she posted uh, on uh, basically a picture of us on her feed and directly tagged me like in the caption and in the post. So that sent like a lot of people my way and just a lot of news coverage and attention that was like, oh, okay, this is new. Um, and then the other moment that I would say, I didn't blow up, but it was a lot of sudden attention was in 2020. Um, with the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement, where people started following a lot more Black creators than they were previously. That was a lot of just all of a sudden, like attention very quickly, again, like on social media and in the media. And it was just a little bit intense in that moment. And honestly, I kind of laid low. Um, cause I was like, I've been doing this and I've been talking about this for a couple of years. So like, welcome, but I'm not changing anything because mm -hmm. a bunch of people have now decided they want to follow me for mm -hmm. kind of a really unfortunate reason. Yeah. It was weird during the pandemic, how entitled to influencers lives we felt, you know, because we mm -hmm. were so drawn to our phones. And I just remember like following the particular influencers that I like. And when they weren't posting content, you're like, what are they doing? Like, what's wrong? Like, is there something going on? Because like, you have nothing else to focus on. And I feel like we right. were all so attached to what was going on in the people that we followed lives. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's definitely true. I mean, I think engagement was real high in those days because nobody had anything better to do. Yeah. Um, and I do think that the general public has such an interesting relationship with influencers where it is this sense of like entitlement over knowing what they're doing in their lives. But then once people reach a certain level of success, it's like, then they're unrelatable. And then we have to kind of tear them down. Um, and we want access to them and we want to know everything they're doing. We want to know every product they're using. Oh, but if it's sponsored, then that's inauthentic. And it's like mm. all of these contradictions all at once. And so sometimes it is a little bit tricky to manage all of that. Yeah. Yeah. How do you even balance all of that? That's, I never even thought about that. That's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think you just have to do what you want and do what excites you and share what excites you and not let the opinions of others, um, impact your opinion of yourself too much. I agree. And I like that. I like how authentic you are you know, with yourself and with your social media too, because I feel like it is really hard to lose yourself in this industry because you're trying to appease the followers and then you just lose yourself. So I'm really happy that you said that when you were getting all those followers, you were like, I'm going to still keep doing what I'm doing. Totally. And then it's like the people who stick around are sticking around for the right reason. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Lately, there's been this emphasis on like being relatable, like people who are popular on social media, we say they're so relatable or people who maybe have a fall from grace. It's because they're unrelatable. But I don't think that that is real because it's literally impossible for one person to be relatable to millions of people, particularly people that they don't know. A lot of these people are just living their lives and sharing what they choose to share like how on earth can they create a tailored relatable experience for someone who may live in another state or another country and have an entirely different lived experience. And so I think when people get caught up too much in being like relatable, whatever that means, because it means something totally different for each person, then you're not doing it for yourself anymore. And so I think 
what matters most is just being yourself and sharing what's authentic to you and the people who relate to it will, and those who won't, won't. And that's okay. That's so true. And like what drew me to your platform originally was how you balanced a nine to five with the morning routines and the night routines. Because like I said, especially starting grad school, I feel like everybody talks about how busy you are, you know, Mm -hmm. and sometimes like today, for example, I was on two zoom calls with on video at the same time while eating lunch. And then you see people like you who have a nine to five have this incredible platform, but you're still getting in the morning routine and the night routine. So I think it's just like a, a motivation to be like, if she can do it, then I better do it myself too. <laughs> totally. And sometimes, you know, and I've even had this realization because for the past few weeks, I was struggling with my routines for a little bit. Like the first week of March, I was traveling all week. And then I wasn't sleeping as well. And then last week I felt like I was just kind of catching up because I felt really behind from being, you know, out of office. And, um, I caught myself being like, I'm so busy. I'm so overwhelmed. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. And I had to be really careful and say, okay, well, what do you have time for? And what are you choosing to have time for? Um, And I realized that some of the things that I was choosing just weren't a good use of my time or that I could ask for help or that I could ask for an extension or I could say, hey, I'm not going to get that to you today. How's Tuesday? And really be communicative instead of almost, I think sometimes we can almost get addicted to feeling overwhelmed or addicted to feeling busy. And we want everyone to know how busy we are. And I realized like, actually, I'm I'm choosing this and I don't like it. So I want to choose something else. Yeah. Yeah. Being mindful of where you're putting your energy. Yeah, exactly. When you do feel like that, when you're overwhelmed or you're traveling or you're too busy, what are your bare minimum things that you do to keep yourself grounded? Yeah. I would say number one bare minimum is like movement in some way, whether that's like doing a yoga video on YouTube or going for a walk. It's like, I have to move my body in some way, whether that's for five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, that's just like a non-negotiable. And then getting thoughts out of my head and onto paper. So whether that is me actually journaling or following prompts or just making like a big brain dump or a to-do list just to get things out of my head are like the bare minimum foundational things. Did the pandemic make it easier or harder to have your routines? Because I know like obviously the answer is you have more time because you're working from home. But in some ways, it also made us like what you said, go on TikTok binges and sort of like not being able to use your time intentionally because you had so much more of it. Yeah, I think at first it definitely was harder because just like what you said, I think sometimes like when we are busy, that's when we get a lot done because we can be so much more mindful of our time versus when we have all the time in the world it can then take us way longer to do things that just don't have to take that long. Um, And I also think, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, when none of us really knew what was going on and it happened really abruptly, it it was almost just such a shock to our normal daily lives that there was no route. Like we had to start over when it came to routines and start from scratch and almost relearn so much of that. So I definitely in 2020 had a pretty hard time with it, but by 2021 had gotten in a better groove. Yeah. Well, Les, thank you so much for being here and for sharing all of this about us. Truly, it meant so much, I think, both for me and Osh, but I know that our listeners will get so much out of this as well. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun talking to you. We had so much fun too. Thank you. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. As always, We'll be posting on our stories who the guests of the coming week are. Please let us know what you'd like to hear from them. We need those DMs of the week, so please send those along. And as always, please rate and review our podcast because we love hearing from you guys. We love seeing what works, what you love, what you don't love. And then also we would love for you to keep shooting your DMs at us because we love hearing from you. Subscribe, rate, and review. All right, everybody. It's been another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Until next time. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.